I'm Rachel, the creative director for Ram Dass's Love Serve Remember Foundation, and I'd like to welcome you to our Inner Academy, a virtual Dharma Hall where our family of wisdom teachers will help you navigate your daily life by bringing ancient wisdom into a modern context. With over 200 hours of audio and video teachings, meditations, and practices from teachers like Ram Dass, Krishna Dass, Sharon Salzberg, Jack Kornfield, Roshi Joan Halifax, Joseph Goldstein, and many more, the Inner Academy is your core resource for finding balance, presence, and navigating the ups and downs of your daily life. The Inner Academy has guidance for every step of your journey. Choose from an annual or monthly membership and gain access to past and future courses, retreat replays, virtual community, and much more. If you've been familiar with Love Server Member Foundation for a while, you'll know that most of our offerings are given freely or on a sliding scale basis. So when you subscribe to the Inner Academy, you're paying it forward and bolstering our ability to continue creating accessible offerings for all in the future, as Ramdas wished for us to do. Be here now and start your journey with Ramdas's Inner Academy today. For more, visit ramdas.org forward slash Inner Academy. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We're in no place. That's right. We're in, uh, I've been in no man's land now for quite some time, mm-hmm. unmoored, completely unmoored. The valley of the shadow of death. I was, that's dramatic, but you know, it's <laughs> not far. Oh, hey, listen, I want to say something. Sure. I'm okay. going to India. All right. And I'm taking some people to India. I never do that. Okay. I'm going on middle of September. Do you want to come? When is it? Mid-September. I don't know. Probably not. Right. Busy guy. Yeah. Your I whole do spiritual come. I, life, though, will be... Do know. I want to come? Yes. Can I come? No. Well, maybe somebody else out there might want to come. And if you do, go to nourishinglife.com slash yatra, Y-A-T-R-A. We still got some spots to follow Ramdas's footsteps in the Himalayas. So that's my little. If anybody wants to go to India and be guided to some incredible places, that in sounds the, awesome, Raghu. Yeah. I miss so, it. I miss India. Yeah, um, but I yeah. The back to the valley of the shadow of death. Um, so what I've found in this valley, I've been going through some tough stuff. And How much I, of it can you talk about? You know, even if it was just you and me in private, I wouldn't be talking about it. It's just like rehashing slop, you know, just also my own slop. But also you know it's I mean? like with these kinds of things, you, it's like you, you inevitably, if you're in a community, there's certain things that you, you know, you don't want to like involve people. You don't, yeah, you want to well, be tabloid. There's that too. Yeah. Tabloid yeah. news. Uh, no, but. Basically, really what's important is a lot of good stuff has come from this because 
really you get when you're confronted with all kinds of obstacles and feeling as I moved, so I'm feeling unmoored and all of that kind of thing. So you start to see way more transparently the psychological stuff, right? Well, yeah. So this is like, this is, I've heard it called liminality. Have you ever heard of this before? Yeah. In but I'm between, not sure I know. Uh-huh. So the in-between places are magical places. Huh. So in between dreams, in between jobs, in between um, uh you name it. In, any when you're in the airplane, you know, as you're when you're traveling places, the in between places are very special places mm. and very mm. magical places. Post losing someone close to you, uh, border areas are mm. magical places. Even if the border is one that's imposed upon a, just a chunk of land, the moment you create a border that border becomes mm. very special. So you're in a liminal place. You're in between dreams, so to speak, or at mm. least that's- A bardo, the bardo. Yeah, it's well, a bardo. a bardo, yeah. And uh, I do recognize that. Interestingly enough, at the same time, so I did a podcast that, you know, introducing a uh, talk of Ramdas's from some time back. Again, an incredible talk. It was all around motives for spiritual practice, mm -hmm. okay? And he was basically saying, and I'm- he wouldn't quite characterize it the way I do. He's much more, uh, el not only eloquent, but also kind. <laughs> I'm learning to be kinder uh, through this process, by the way. Yeah. So uh, he said, most of us are doing spiritual practices that basically result in enhancing the ego story and uh, the whole uh, arc of how we think about ourselves, who we think we are, that instead of what's supposed to be doing, which is leveraging you from your head and thoughts and everything into the heart place, most of the time it's supporting your ego identity, mm. right? And he said, so until, and this is what got me. He said, until you get at dealing with the psychological shit that comes up day to day, the habitual patterns, the neurotic tendency, until you start to really deal with that, you can't even think of practicing the higher forms of, of spiritual practice, whatever mm -hmm. they may be for you. And I really saw myself actually doing what we've you and I have talked about before spiritual bypass right yeah sure so that's very much what it is but it's really looking at all of these motives and you start to see more clear which is a good thing around mindfulness and awareness and witness and all all that stuff that we've talked about before but i think it's really important to get at the psychological stuff that we really push away you know from and they're all around Anger, you know, my reactivity has grown in the process of what I've been going through in the last number of months. I can see it, I can feel it, and I, it's pushed me into a place of, okay, this has to be dealt with now. This can't be shoved under with a, a lot of meditation and chanting and so on, mm. you know, which is, which is, you know, very much a problem. What, what's the problem? 
the problem of instead of meeting head on these oh, kinds right. yeah, yeah, of okay. psychological things, I see. you know, you're this, covering right. it with meditation. Or okay, yeah, yeah. In that, by the way, if you think you can cover it up with meditation, or if, if your practice is covering it up, I wonder if that's even a practice. That seems like more like self-hypnosis or something. Well, most of us are doing all of these things and we're not aware, right? We just are not aware of these motivations. And we're running on a treadmill and we built our story so well that we're going to stick to that story. Right. Right. It's, it's not, it, being honest is a difficult thing. The spiritual bypass concept is interesting. I love it because within it is a dream and the dream is that you can escape. So the idea is like spiritual bypass, even though it's looked down upon by many people, is it's a mess. Don't do it. What You're, do you mean looked down upon? Well, it's like that. Well, so like it's a generally fr it's like a sign of you fucked up. You're using spiritual bypass to avoid you're using some spirituality, uh -huh, religion, yeah. whatever, to avoid right. dealing with your real world situations. Yeah. So but also what's interesting about spiritual bypass is it's a myth because spiritual bypass bypass assumes that there is a way out. The idea is like, well, you know, at least I can always do spiritual bypass and get away. It implies there's a way out. It implies that you could even do that anyway. There's yeah. no way out. But people don't, they don't say to themselves, oh, shit, I can go do an end around here. People are, are just ignoring the states that are very, very unmindful, <laughs> shall we say. They're ignoring the anger, the jealousy, the polarization, the separateness. They're making it whole yeah. by virtue of the story that they're telling. We are telling ourselves about: uh, Should I be doing? I'm doing this wonderful meditation now, yeah. and I'm getting better. I'm getting better. I, I'm getting more focused. I'm getting more one pointed. I'm I'm doing some chanting, and so in that space, I'm I'm like okay, you know, I'm okay. I'm not. I'm out of time and space for a moment, and I'm okay. So it, it's a it's a much more subtle story. No one's saying, "Hey, where's the end around?" I don't want to deal with this shit. It is, but that's why I think it's so insidious. Is because even it within the term, insidious. but within the terminology, spiritual bypass is another form of bypass in the sense that within it is there's like literally like if I've got a bypass. In other words, if there's something like um, let's just say there's a uh, I don't know a dragon in the path and. I imagine that there's a bypass, then the bypass becomes a kind of hopeful situation. Like, yeah, sure, I didn't kill the dragon, but I've like taken a little break from the dragon. But really, there it's spiritual bypass is to me a, a, a corrupted term in the sense that it's the idea you can ignore the shit on your shoe and other people can't smell it. And it's like, if I chant, the shit will not, I, I'm not gonna smell the shit. If I go to Machu Picchu, I'm not gonna smell the shit on my shoe. And it's like, the truth of the matter is everyone smells the shit. Everyone knows that you have shit on your shoe. This comic, very funny comic, Henry Phillips, put this YouTube video up. It is one of the funniest stories of all time. Uh. And I'm sorry, please watch the video. I don't mean to ruin it. But like, basically he ended up in some, like one of these, tour houses and you know like you like the fancy houses that, that you oh, can yeah, get a yeah. tour of yeah, yeah. and halfway through the tour 
everyone's complaining because they're like, they smell shit. <laughs> and halfway through the tour, he realizes he's got shit on his shoe. And, and you know, basically has to evade the house. And he's just left a sh- streak of shit through this, like, fancy fucking house. So it's the funniest video. He's a very, I'm sorry, I hope I didn't fuck up your thing. <laughs> Please watch the YouTube video. He's such a brilliant storyteller. I do no justice to the way he articulates his story. But the point is, this is spiritual bypass to me, which is that the concept is that there is hope. And even if it's a dark kind of hope, even if it is like, well, I can always go back to sleep. Oh, I can always. To me, it's like, it doesn't matter. There is no, if you're chanting Hare Krishna, if you're drinking from the grail cup, if you're doing this or that, and you have shit on your shoe, you still have shit on your shoe. Yeah, and you cannot ignore it. You You know what it is? Frank Zappa had a great song, It Can't Happen Here. (laughs) <laughs> you know, it's happening and you keep going, can't happen here. You yeah. have an accident. Oh my God, can't, this can't be real. You know, you even in the moment of impact, you know, I'm talking more obviously smaller things where you don't get really messed up. You go, oh my God, you know, you, you don't believe that it happened. You don't want to believe, right? You are so separated from the experience because you're so trying for it not to happen it didn't happen it did happen so that's that's a gigantic example of bypass right right and let me bring up something now related to this that i think is quite interesting there's a wonderful wonderful youtube video of krishnamurti and chogyam trumpa rinpoche Mm. having a debate essentially it is one of the funniest things I've ever seen. I've seen this phenomena emerge now more than a few times where you get these two spiritual people together who are leaders. And there's a weird form of competitiveness there, which is really quite hilarious. Oh, yeah. And so Krishnamurti is taking Chogyam Trumpa to task. He starts off with this like breakdown of why spiritual leadership, you leaders in general, he's are bad news, catastrophic in, in fact. And also he's like one of the brilliant things he said to Trogum Trumpa was why are you adding another problem to people's lives with this meditation it's like life is already fucked up now you're going to add meditation to the the problem of life like you're adding this other thing to it for real is what he said yes now there's a lot going on there that was brilliant because Trogum he was like Trogum Trumpa was just being very quiet very very humble he was really listening to him and like really like not fighting back against essentially what was Krishna Birdie's like chastising someone basically it seemed like, but the energies were so different because one was like really wound up and the other one was just there listening. And it was, to me, it was like, you will know a tree by its fruit. And in this place, you know, one tree was pissed off and the other one was just there. Mm. And it was a big difference. But mm. Krishnamurti did say a thing that has stuck with me. Really? Well, asked a thing. He asked mm. Chogyam Trumpa, what happens when you see disorder? What happens when you're seeing disorder? And um, I would ask you the same question. When you're witnessing disorder in the world, Raghu, what is happening? Well, wait, that's too big a question. Dis- disorder. Uh, something's amiss. Something's awry. When you're looking at... That's separate from 
my day, my actual hands-on experience? I walk, Something I'm watching the news? What are we talking anytime about? Anytime you're walking down the street and you see a thing that seems amiss. Okay. Okay, there's a homeless encampment. Oh, look, there's a garbage on the floor. Oh, look, there's those scooters that are all around town now. Oh, look, there's this or that. Hmm. When you're witnessing disorder, what's happening? What's happening? So the first Cognitively. Thing, so the first thing that happens is awareness of a situation. The second thing that happens, depending, in my case, depending on how relaxed, here, present in the moment I am, I would go towards whatever that thing is to see what I could do. If I'm in a in a place of any kind of contraction, I might go, okay, I can't, I can't deal with this and make a left turn. So it depends on the moment, inha- you know, inhabiting but, but- what that moment is. In my case, what's that moment when I encounter and I become aware of whatever disorder you, t- you might be there? Prior to the action of avoidance or dealing with it, what is happening? Just awareness in the moment of my surroundings being here with whatever is in front of me. But I think, and again, it's Krishnamurti, so who knows what he's fucking saying. (laughs) But I think what he was saying is, you're seeing your own shadow when you see disorder. When you see disorder, I walk into a room that is a mess. And I think this is a mess. Well, another yeah. person walks into that very same room and thinks this is a very clean room. Yeah. So in these situations, what is happening? But I guess you uh, tripped me into seeing some a homeless encampment. I had that in my mind. That's different, okay? Because that involves suffering on other people's part. Walking into a bullshit room, or walking into a room with people that are talking, or you know, and you don't maybe know them and you're you're in a more clenched kind of place then your shadow is just jumping the shit at you yes yeah that okay but you know in that situation yes absolutely most of the time in those kinds of situations where you're walking into something you have no idea about you immediately start projecting and defending do you think it's safe to say that it's not just in that moment but fundamentally when you're seeing disorder in the world really what you're seeing is yourself that you're carrying the lens of disorder around with you based on your yeah. expectations yeah i do but i don't in a situation where there's people involved that are in suff- that are suffering in one way or the other if you're still in that place of projecting and defending you know too bad it's not a great thing you know but even though I may walk into a room, is what I'm saying. I may walk into a room and I see people I don't know, whatever, and I'm projecting in shadows the whole nine yards that he's talking about. Okay. And the next moment, walk out of there into a, a face an encampment where that shadow is gone. If I'm in an open place and I'm connecting with compassion in any way, you can't just walk into something like that and go, Okay, I got to ignore it. So it's not black and white. And by the way, just to change the subject a little bit, not really. 
this thing of Krishnamurti meeting up with Trungpa. So one time, Krishnamurti went to Kenshi to see Neem Karoli Baba. And he stopped by there. He must have been up in the Himalayas. And one of our mentors was with Maharaji, and they went to the river, just the two of them, to talk. On a ro- They were sitting on rocks. Yes. He was close enough to hear what they were saying, right? So Krishnamurti said, what's with you? You got all these ashrams and uh, building ashrams and, you know, you're, you're a sadhu, you're a yogi. What do you need to have all these, you know, ashrams and buildings and brick and mortar? Yeah. I don't, I don't know if he said brick and mortar, but you, yes. Maharaji said, you're right. You're absolutely right. It's how I get my grub. That's what he said to him. And then he said, but you seem to go around lecturing around the world. Isn't that how you get your grub? Wow. What did Krishnamurti say? The conversation ended there. Krishnamurti was like, he's like still got a weird spirituality cop. Seems like he was just flopping (laughs) around yelling at everybody. Yeah, really. But but to me, like your answer, I'm, I, I, to go back to this concept of spiritual bypass. Yeah. The to me the first thing is re- the recognition that as long as there's an identity you're going to be carrying the disorder around with you. There's no way out of it. There's no way out of it. Your spiritual bypass is not really anything. It's just more nonsense because it's it's total nonsense. It's total just self-indulgent bullshit but it's not bullshit because we're human and that stuff happens all the time you know and uh here's actually here's something that addresses this that uh krishnadas said i just happened to pick it up and i went because i i wanted to talk about this this i don't even like the term spiritual bypass because it's another like That's one of I mean. those words mindfulness you know and it's Ram Dass' thing about spiritual motives, okay, really being able to witness your motives and see where you're just using this shit to feed your ego, okay? So he says, if we keep running away from stuff, how are we going to stop? We'll keep running. We have to learn to turn and face some of these things head on. And that's what I I was saying. It's funny he said that. It takes courage. And that's that whole story we've told a number of times about Maharaji being in a room. Krishnadas was in the room with him, and it was a, a close Indian devotee. And Maharaji said, who was translating, he said, courage is a very big thing. Hmm. And the Indian devotee said, no, no, it's bhakti yoga, the guru, grace does everything. What do we? And Maharaji turned to Krishnadas and did that. Thing with his finger, exclamation finger, courage is a very big thing. So this is so that courage is what it takes to turn. It's to make the turn. It's that little turn. It's just a little turn. Yeah. Right. And um, courage is hard. Facing all these things inside of us, face all those miserable, selfish, self-centered, greedy nasty crap that we think all the time about people, about ourselves. It's horrible. But you have to look at that. If you never look at that, it'll never go away. It'll stay in the background. You have to look at that stuff. And that's 
essentially, after all these years, Duncan, oh, by the way, yeah, we didn't say who you are, but if they don't know who you are by now, our listeners, they never will. We could just do an intro. You nah. could redo Who cares? Yeah. Even who cares who I am? It doesn't matter if I'm the king of freaking Persia. Bhutan, I was going to say. Bhutan, who gives a shit? <laughs> yeah. Anyhow. I could uh, be a talking badger. It doesn't matter. <laughs> um. So, yeah, facing this shit head on. And I, I was saying, after all of you know, the work that I, the big work I've been doing all these years on myself, you know, that's another view, another yeah. story, another shadow. It's like, who gives a shit? You know, and I'll say that to myself. Okay. That's okay. I'm having this, these, these habitual tendencies, neurotic tendencies, the psychological blah, blah come up through, through that. What was that intermediate Bardo you were talking about? Lum, lum, oh, limin liminality, the liminal liminal, place. In between. Liminality. L-I? I think so. Uh-huh. Okay, we'll have to check that out. Subliminal, under the middle. Uh-huh, right. Okay, liminal. so liminal, subliminal, yeah. So it, within that, this has all come up. So you're absolutely correct that this is a, has been a real opportunity. I mean, I'm seeing it as a real opportunity. Although, the, you know, pain is there, though. You know, pain is there when you see... Because I moved, here's just a stupid example. Sure. I had to change addresses, change bank yeah, addresses for banks. So at one point, I was doing this, and I was getting tired, and the person on the other end kept shall we say, making some small errors and it wasn't going through and I was getting more and more reactive and frustrated and I just watched myself. I couldn't let go of it. I wanted to be there and I couldn't believe that I wanted to be there going, what the fuck? I just told you. Yeah. Here's the right address. Yeah. One, two, four. I was, and I just looked at that and went, okay. I must make an appointment now with... With who? With Mark Epstein. Oh, yeah, right. A psychologist. Psychiatrist. Psychiatrist. Forget psychologist. You I can need, prescribe. Yeah. Uh, anyhow, yeah. So, which reminds me of the, uh, the show that you don't watch, Ray Donovan. I told you about it. After he, he he tries to kill himself at one point, so they had to get him a psychiatrist. Turned out Alan Alda played the role. Yeah, and I'll really help you. And Ray, here's my card if you want to call me. And he never calls him. And then by the end of the season, though, after he's killed fourteen thousand people and gotten the shit beat out of himself and beat everyone else up, right at the last minute of the last show, he takes his phone out. He gets the card of the psychiatrist <laughs> and calls him and. Are you ready, Ray? Yep. <laughs> Are you ready? That's how I feel after all this shit. You're I'm ready now. Ready. I'm ready. For what? Just to face, as we just said, head on some of these psychological things that I, I am sure I've done the broom sweep on. Okay. Okay? So yeah. Well, I think, and for, so for everyone, that's extraordinarily important. And again, back to the thing with Ramdas that I, I introduced... It's true. You can't have the openness and spaciousness that Trungpa Rinpoche talks about in relation to, say, meditation. 
if you've got wrong motivation. It can't happen. So you've got to dig back in to what those motivations are. I think I don't understand you there. I think I disagree with you there in the sense that- Well, that's two different things. Well, I mean, one or the other, both, I don't know. But like, the, I, I think that you sit down and you stay still for however, whatever length of time it is. And within that, you start getting a sense of the, you know, the, what the world you're creating, the way your mind is like processing and outputting and creating a world mm. within that is the bad motivations is within that space, the bad motivation, well, it all becomes clear. You, you have something to read. Yeah, I will. But I want just to address that. Um, in fact, and we get a bad motivation. I don't like bad, good, All of bad, it. you know, just motivation that is uneducated. I just saw a sticker. Uneducated action, karma. <laughs> Say it again. Uneducated action. Oh, karma. karma. Yeah, I thought it was great. Anyhow, so it's uneducated. Just yeah. say it's uneducated. It's the it's intention. You're going into something and there's some subtle way down deep. It's not like, mm. okay, I'm going to meditate, so I'm going to be enlightened now. It's way down deep where there's a, yeah. an effect is supposed to happen. There's something supposed to happen. Even if it's just, oh, shit, I, I actually could watch my breath for two minutes. Unbelievable. You know, whatever it is. It's uh, Joseph Goldstein had a, had a great thing about uh, this expectation. We did a whole podcast about this expectation, this motivation. So it's not bad, but it's supporting the ego structure. Well, this I want to talk but, about. This wait, part. let me, okay, let me just finish. Up. The, so it is, it is doing that. But at the same time, you are right. And what's happening is you're in the doing of it. These other states can come that actually undercut yeah. the bad motivation. Well, it, Eventually, you, you, yeah. you're doing it for the right reason. It's the difference between, I, I think we talked about this, it's the difference between a fish shitting <laughs> in a bowl and a fish shitting in the ocean. People don't complain about fish shit in the ocean. Plastic and stuff, they complain about fish shit. No one, I mean, I can't even think of a time I've seen fish shit in the ocean. It's too much water. So to me, this thing that we're talking about is that that we are dealing with the situation of hyper compression into something that we think is our identity, which is really just tuning into a very dense feeling state that if you start unraveling, it has within it all the psychological stuff that we're talking about mm. and past life stuff, probably, and all that stuff. But the um, this is what... Trumpa says, compares mm. to, uh, he says, you know, you walk around the, you walk around and suddenly it feels like everyone's like, everything's against you some days. The horns, you hear a car horn and you think it's someone beeping at you. You see a thing and you think someone's glaring at you. Yeah. He's, he's, this is happening relative to a practice. And he says, suddenly you begin to get the suspicion that you're haunted. And what you're haunted with, you begin to realize, is yourself. You're haunting yourself. And this is, as he puts it, quite natural and is normal. 
Because on the other side of that is this thing that he calls the remembering. It's a remembering state. So in other words, like that moment that happens when you're sitting, it, that that moment, I think he calls it the fourth moment, the gap, the mm, liminal the gap, state, yeah. that fourth moment that happens where suddenly just out of who knows why or what or when or why, it just happens. Where all of a sudden, just for that wonderful moment, suddenly the un, the liberation moment happens. Mm, and in yeah. that moment, it isn't all that bad motivation. It's just yeah, you're no. here. You're here. It's, you're here. Yeah. You're yeah. And and so even uh, let's say a motivation that has a cause behind it, hoping for an effect, it produces that state, which un, as I said, undercuts that kind of motivation. Yeah. Then it just it just dissipates. Here's this thing. With Before the, you read that, real quick, just to finish the Trumpa point, because there's a ending point to it these two states as he puts it the fourth whatever you want to call it the moment the in-between moment the the gap this place where you're like that whatever that is and all the bad motivations and good motivations you can't have one without the other in other words for an identity to exist, for you to exist, for me to exist, for this to even be happening. We need the bundle of stuff, the bad motivations and all of that stuff to meet this other thing, the awareness field, whatever you want to call it. Mm -hmm. the, what I'm saying is the two- Yeah, of course, it's why we're in a body. It's why we're in an, an incarnation yeah. that has all this stuff, That's which it. is perfect for us to use to transcend, you know, into No the... transcending. This is where I, this is what I'm trying to get at is there is, the reality of it is, is this, this thing that we are with all the bundled motivations and all the shit that's good and all the shit that's bad, my fucking anger problems, my latent alcoholism, my fucking, mm -hmm. you know, evading reality to go into psychedelics or go into like, you know, trying to be a famous person or trying to be a fancy person or all the stuff that is part of the Duncan Trussell package, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> all that stuff. Yeah. Right. Yeah. This doesn't change. No at all but the what is that stuff is so dense and loud that that other thing that he's talking about gets drowned out that's all i'm saying so these two things what i'm saying these two things or at least what i'm thinking these days is that if i give up the project completely which was my original conceptualization of what is possible in other words I'm going to be loving awareness now, or I'm going to be this, or I'm going to be that. If I give it up, I think that's the courageous part. I was walking down the sidewalk today thinking, man, what if I just give up all this spiritual bullshit? Like literally just give it up. Like forget it. It was a phase, whatever. It was just a thing that happened. Yeah. Give it up. What would happen then? It was really an exciting moment because I'm like, whoa, that's crazy. Whoa, what if, because you know, you all of us, the courage part, I'm sorry, I want to get to the courage part. The courage part is Jesus and the blind man, or the rich man. The rich man comes to Jesus and says, I want to follow you. And Jesus says, okay, give all your stuff away and we'll go hang out. And the rich man's like, I can't give all my stuff away. And Jesus says, well, it's easier for a rich man to get through the eye. Uh, to, it's either for a camel to get through the eye of a needle than a rich man mm, to enter the yeah. kingdom of heaven, right? Mm-hmm. Now, everyone interprets that as if you have a lot of money, you're fucked. 
But really what it means is what is the thing you value? What is it? For you, it's your new Karoli Baba stories. It's your satsang. It's the community. It's, it's all the stuff that you really cling to and value that make you special. What happens if you give that up? Not in the sense of like, I'm not, I'm finding a new, literally abandon it, abandon all of it. Who are you minus all that stuff? What do you become when you drop the entire load? That is the purpose of all of this, isn't it? And you know what? You don't, your Duncan Trussellness is not going to change. You are right. This is it. You got it for the rest of your life. Yeah. Right? Isn't That's that a relief there. to be yeah. that hopeless? It's a no, relief. No, it's not a matter of hopeness, hopelessness. It's a matter of like Trungpa. I mean, I was in places with him more than once, and you could tell that his Trungpa-ness, he was not stuck there. He was not glued to that thing. Yeah. He was, and that's where we all aspire to get to. It's not like the raguness is not going to change, you know, whatever my personality, your personality. I mean, what's going to change and what has been changing, it just took a little bit of a, <laughs> a <laughs> I don't know what, a left turn here. Uh, in Not really, because it's given me more, much more bullshit to work with. But I, the glue starts to loosen up and you're not attached to that thing to that story to anything yeah and trungpa exemplified that you know because he was way out there in the world with his suits and yeah you know and all the, the shit that he was involved with 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 uh, with sake and uh, you know the m multiple partners and all of it yeah i mean he dug his way way and of course people judged him big time for sure, it. Sure, of course. You know? um, but the reality is I could see that he did. He had no glue with that uh, trunkpa-ness. And he was delighting in it. He was yeah. having a good time. That's the best. And he was, yeah, so he was, uh, uh, the, the gap between thoughts, this, this is from uh, Mingjur Rinpoche, who is just phenomenal. We've talked about him. I did this podcast. Anybody out there hasn't s seen Never mind, listen, seen Mingjur Rinpoche with Krishnadas and I, because we, you know, we video everything we do. So just to see this level of clarity, awareness, and love is extraordinary. You get to see somebody's really living it. He said, the gap between thoughts, like the gap between breaths or moods, allows us to glimpse the naked mind. Mm. That's what you, that's what Trump was talking about. Yeah. That's what you were just talking about. Yeah. The mind that is not obscured by preconceptions and patterns of memory. It's that fresh glimmer that startles us into a wakefulness and reminds us that clouds are temporary surface concerns and that the sun shines whether we see it or not. Yeah. Exactly what you've been trying that. to say, right? Noticing uh, the trying gap. in italics. <laughs> yeah. The noticing the gap introduces us to the mind that does not reach out to grasp a story of loss yeah. or love yeah. or a label of fame or disgrace or a house or a person yeah. or a pet. It's the mind liberated from those misperceptions that keeps us stuck 
in repetitive cycles. It's the know? best. Yeah. That's the best ever. And 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 to me, it's like within that is so much, there's so much, so, such an interesting series of sort of uh, uh, implications based on that. And I just love it so much. And, and the, the, cause what I love is just like this idea of like, okay, okay, okay. We all have our baubles and bells and whistles and glittering things and stories and all that stuff. If you and me were billionaires, for example, let's say, and hmm. we suddenly found ourselves in the middle of the woods and our phones aren't working and we're lost, the money is nothing. And the the whatever, similarly, if you and I are heroes of sorts, you saved a bunch of kids one day and I saved a, a bunch of kids another day or something. If we're in the middle of the woods and we're lost, the kids saving doesn't mean anything. And similarly, every single thing doesn't mean anything, literally, to the point where the only thing that really would matter is that moment and how we are there. That's it. That's it. It doesn't matter. That's what I love about it, is that concept is so beautifully yeah, blasphemous. Naked mind. Yeah. Right, yeah. because... And the spirit to get back to the spiritual bypass stuff, mm. really what we're talking about is you're not doing anything. Just face it. You're chanting and all your nonsense. It's not much of anything. I really like that. It really isn't a thing. You're just roller skating around. You're doing backwards roller skating yeah. with your mala beads or whatever. Yeah. You're showing off your fancy tricks. You're pretending that there's a bank account where you store your japa, that every single time you do a repetition of the holy name, it gets clinked in some imaginary metaphysical bank account that builds up to some point where at some moment suddenly you gain some transcendent knowledge. All of it is complete, absolute horseshit. There's no medium it's getting stored in. There's no storehouse of your good chantings, your good meditations. You're not getting abs in some metaphysical yeah. astral body. Once, if we were to present, if that was the presentation in the beginning, which I think is the honest presentation, then I think that people would be a lot less disappointed down the line. Because if you go to someone, you're like, you're not going to get better. This isn't going to change. You're not going to get some, you're not storing up this and that. All of that stuff, that idea that you have, it's all just not what it is. You're literally, you should go to the gym. Just start working out. You need to go work out. Start painting and become a really great Okay, painter. wait, wait. Run that back. I mean, really. I mean, the reality is people, you're too complex. People get in pain. They suffer. We suffer. Okay? Terrible suffering. Feeling of separateness, loneliness, mm -hmm. all of it. So you look for community. You look for, you read a book because you're looking for something that's going to give you a perspective that you so far have not encountered. Yeah. You did that. I did that. That's true. Right? And then you start, so then you do start to do these spiritual practices. And you are, yeah, you're told, do meditate and get one-pointed and you'll this and you'll that. Yeah, all of that goes on, but it doesn't matter. You know, it doesn't matter because you have a path, a dharma, every one of us does, and every one of us has a guide, whether you want to call it a guru or yeah. anything, you know, something inside, intuition that you, you, you're open to that's not colored by your, your judgments and wants and sure. repulsions and all of that. So this thing happens on its own. 
that yes, it does hopefully proceed to the point where you actually go, wow, I am not believing in my thoughts the way I used to. I am not reacting and judging the way I used to. I am now, I got, I did some psychedelics and I have the idea that, yeah, no, we are really connected. And what does that mean? And you do further investigation, shit happens on its own and it has its own momentum. That is the, that is a, it is our true nature and it evolves in that way. You know, um, there's this great story, again, something we've probably talked about before. Ramdas says to Nimkaroli Baba, isn't it true that karma and grace are the same? Okay, action, whatever actions are going on that you are doing, they are completely within the universal dharma. Okay, sure, okay? cool. You know what he said? No. He said, I can't talk about that in public. <laughs> what? Ramdas went, what? And then he went back and he sat down for a while and he goes, I don't know. I, I'm sure that karma and grace are one. And, and suddenly a messenger came, Dada, and said, Maharaji told me to tell you. Uh, oh, no, Ramdas had thought it can only be that karma and grace are one, action within grace, the universal dharma. It could only be that. And then he was sent a message Tell Ramdas he and I understand each other very well. Hmm. So I asked this question to Sidima, of course, decades later, maybe only within the last 10 years, probably 10, 12 years. I said, I told her the whole story, and she said, It is, there is no way that a human in duality can understand that concept. So you act like it is not true <laughs> and then wait. Yeah. So that's a big thing. That's the mystery, you know. That's, that's cool. You got to respect that and go, okay, I, you know, I'm, uh, that's why I love His Holiness the Dalai Lama and, and his whole thing around secular ethics. You don't need to be a Buddhist. You need to be kinder, more compassionate. Right. That's what, you know, so my work on that. And my religion is kindness, you know? So, uh, I, all that stuff. I mean, again, like, I let me just try to say it in a different way because we, it, I'm not saying, like, you know, the retreats are a waste of time or anything like that. I'm so lucky to have uh, come into contact with the mm. spiritual community and, and for a lot of different reasons. One of them primarily being that if finally someone was able to get across to me something that got me to start sitting every day and that like mm. that, that just that mm. was, was great. And I, I'm so glad that happened, but within that place of a really wonderful thing has happened, mm. which is that there, it just does not seem special it doesn't seem like a what i'm saying is i'm not saying it doesn't seem special it's not a big deal and and to me that has been one of the greatest like things is that that really the like and hilarious to me is all of my god forsaken egoic 
spiritual bypass bullshit, which is to basically apply like a crunch gym or a equinox gym ethic to the spiritual path. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yeah, a, yeah. a sense of there being a, anything that's going to be different. Mm. I was talking to a friend of mine and he's like, jokingly was like, I guess you don't get angry in traffic now that you meditate. <laughs> and I, and I, I loved it because I, I was able to say, no, you're, I'm a, I got bad news for you. <laughs> it's, it's not going away, man. I didn't say that, but what I what to me it's like the bad news is the good news. The bad news is where the delight happens. The bad news is where finally you really make friends with yourself. Mm. Not make friends in a bullshit way. Mm. The way like mm. a fucking phony ass spiritual piece of shit, crystal bullshit, sanctimonious fucking velvet glove <laughs> on iron freak <laughs> makes friends with you which is the friendship of someone coming to you like they're a field medic and they found you blown apart on a battlefield and they're gonna like sew your poor ass back together <laughs> that's not friendship that's power and control and yeah. bullshit but the friendship of someone who's like i like you just the way you are to me that's the best that's real friendship and that's fun then you can start having fun because okay we wait I like you just the way you are. Maybe we could have a different mantra. You're just fine. We're doing fine. You're just, you know, we're human and it's fine. You freaked out at the fucking driver who cut you off, whatever it is. That's okay. To immediately put in a, a different tone. See, it's all about how we talk to ourselves, right? Just think about how you talk to yourself. God, I just, oh my God, I just, I just freaked out. I, on the way here, okay, this is terrible. I, I had some business with somebody and I was, they had what I considered intensely wrong view, okay, about a piece of art mm -hmm. uh, uh, that we we're using for promotion, yeah. right, a video. And he he kept on a certain tack that that i felt was very very uh much part of self-cherishing because there was what was involved was uh you know somebody that he would lose that would lose faith with him and he was more concerned about that than anything else i felt so at one point i couldn't take it I started, are you fucking sick? I started yelling at oh, this shit. guy, okay? And then I was like, oh my God. You know, in that moment, the, it was, it's, you get into the self-deprecation, oh Jesus, what's wrong with, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. Whereas, okay, it's okay. Back into a nice little pool of warm water, perhaps, for a moment. And then, <laughs> and this then, happens. yeah, it just happens. Well, and you're right, it just happens. And we all do these things all the time. But uh, here's where I want to add something to this point because this is something that just occurred to me. Because, like, years and years ago, years ago, years and years and years ago, I was years uh, or years ago, this was like a, you know, an hour ago for you. Like, yeah, I mean, I haven't been angry in years. Yeah, I'm just so kidding, <laughs> I'm just really, making yeah? a dumb joke, but I'm sometime, calling your wife. Some time ago, I was uh, working, uh, you know, I was, work I was helping somebody out. He was making this video and he was editing it. And um, 
uh, we were like at a place that you had to pay for to do the edit. And um, I uh, got very frustrated because the machine that we were paying to work on wasn't quite working. And there were people there from this place, you know, and I felt bad for my friend, you know, he was stressed out about the thing. And so I, I blew up and I was like, really like, you know, lost it and it was embarrassing. And then mm. afterwards I kept thinking about the way I acted and how, number one, just like how it didn't help the situation at all. And number two, it mainly just made people feel bad. Mm. And, but, mm. but then, but then what you're talking about was happening, which is the echo of the thing yeah, in right. my own mind. Yeah. So anyway, then I'm, was thinking about this, me and Nick turned do this thing at Samarasa Studio in Echo Park sometimes. We just have a diet, we talk about, you know, practice or Buddhism or some shit. And like, um, I was telling him, he's like, well, what's your intention for stuff? And I'm like, I don't have intention, man. <laughs> and in front of a whole big group of people, he goes, that is bullshit, Duncan. And it was true, it was deep, absolute horse <laughs> shit. I was feeling all like lofty and fancy and I wanted to be fancy by having no intention. Yeah. I have intention all the fucking time. It was just nonsense, really. It was like just jabbering, trying to seem special or something, which I'm good at. And he, or not good in this case, it was wonderful. It really burnt my ass though. For days I was thinking about, I don't have intention. Then I started thinking like, you have fucking intention. Mm. And then I started thinking, well, wait, what is my intention? And then, um, I began to realize how muddy my intention was, that I was basically taking my absolute confused state of having a sort of rotating list of weird intentions that change from moment to moment based on not much of anything. I was pretending that was a high state of, I guess, some like glorious holy ambivalence or some <laughs> nonsense. <laughs> you know what I mean? I and love so, it, holy ambivalence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, yeah. That's but it, but, but, because it was, and I realized like, oh, the problem isn't that you, you, the truth is you don't, it's not that you don't have an intention, it's that you have so many various intentions that you couldn't name one in the moment. <laughs> so you just said, oh, there isn't an intention, right? right? So then as I was reading about this gap that, that yeah. he writes about, yeah. And also reading Trumpa talking about like how the way he makes decisions is by being in the moment and allowing something mm -hmm. to arise. Yeah. And then I realized, oh shit. Cause this whole time I was like coming up with a very, like very dramatic ways of apologizing for this outburst. And I was coming up with lots of ways, just crazy ideas of how to apologize insane ideas, plans. I was writing emails. I was yeah. like, you know, how do I express how, my remorse? Yeah, yeah. It really, like, <laughs> it, like plan, I was mapping out a whole drama around yeah. the thing. And then all of a sudden I realized, oh shit, what if I just have the intention that I'm going to try to express gratitude to the people who are working so hard in this place the next time I see him, that's my intent. My intent is mm. gentleness and, and that, and then don't worry about it. Right, exactly. And see what happens in that yeah. moment. Yeah. So th to me, this abandoning all that stuff and just grabbing a very simple right. intention. That's what you're trying to get at, which is absolutely wonderful way. It's a great perspective instead of the rest of the stuff that we tend to.
what a relief, right? Because yeah. then you yeah. don't have to do all this all this football yeah. level yeah. game planning. Yeah, exactly. It's, a, it's really quite and, a, a joy to get yeah. to that point, or for me, it was. At and least. and again, it's also about having a little bit of trust, faith, whatever you want to call it. I like trust better. Uh, it leads to real faith, which is a very difficult word for us to really understand. But to have that, we are being taken care of. We yes. are okay. Yeah. We've got our stuff and we came in with it and we've developed a lot more since we came into this uh, body. And it's, it's okay. We're, we're so judgmental. I am so judgmental. Like yelling Me at too. that guy today. I mean, jeez. Oh, you know, I, I had a moment where that gap was nowhere near to be found, you know, and in that moment. And I know now that chasing it is just absolutely counterproductive and meaningless, empty. It's nothing. And just being with it, and that's the courage to just make that turn. Okay, I, you know, it's here, here I am. You know, this is what it is. That turn feels so fucking vulnerable sometimes. Yeah. That yeah. turn is like, my God, when you really make that turn, and you end up doing it. I love the turn that you're talking about because you don't just make it once. You have to keep making that damn turn, depending on how fucked up your steering mechanism is. <laughs> you know what I mean? You might have to yeah, hold the yeah. wheel all the time. Yeah, but yeah. that turn, to me, mm -hmm. I love it because when you're making the turn, people maybe will pop up in your head. You might literally have someone. I have people when I'm making vulnerable turns like that who influence me. Who, who like usually like hyper masculine people will pop mm. into my head or like mm. what are you doing you pussy yeah. you can't do that what yeah. are you just gonna give up here you're right what the fuck let them know not to fuck with you i don't know why but aubrey marcus came into my mind when you said what the, <laughs> the i could see him there because he's he, he's so um in you know in the gym Aubrey is just fantastic. But he's very sweet. But I know he's you the sweetest guy alive. And not to be in the Aubrey Marcus Club, but I. It's a great he, club. It's a great club because he's really honest with himself. And that's what I love about Aubrey. Yeah. Me too. Yeah. So. But you know what I mean? I'm saying the turn is funny because as you're making the turn, it kind of knocks up, like in the way when you're making a turn in a car, it knocks up dirt. That yeah. turn knocks up all these mental yeah. things, which is like the, first of all, the person. Who even gave you the impression that that there was that that you couldn't that there is a turn to make or you yeah. know the boundaries become clear. That's, that's what I'm saying. That's big as well. That you know there's a turn to make. That you know you can always start over. That's Sharon Salzberg's big thing. Yeah. Just know you can start over. It's okay. You got that. We got it. Assume we can start over. All the way down to the very last second, you yeah. can start over. I yeah. love that, yeah. which is why I love, like, particularly abandoning. Like, this is why I love the uh, Bhagavad Gita verse. Just abandon all varieties mm. of religion and surrender unto me. Mm. God, Jesus, that's such a great, great yeah. thing to think about, which is like, uh, the, mm. the invitation is, forget it. Added to that is the... You know, uh, he who is attached to the flowery words of the scriptures is like someone who drinks water from a well and it flows everywhere. These are two reminders of like, if you have the guts, not just to give up the obvious shit. I mean, on one level, think how easy it is to give away your money, give away your car, give away all that stuff. 
You know what I mean? I'm not giving mine away. <laughs> but in a weird way, just think how easy it is. Like if someone came to you with a gun and they were like, give me your fucking car, you could give that up. If someone's like, you can give up all your material stuff, but now think about the other the stuff that's a little more difficult. For me, it's like, well, I don't want to give up. I'm a podcaster. Don't want to give that up. No. What I don't want, and this is why I like the name of this new Ramdas documentary. Becoming Nobody. Yes. Yeah. Because it's like, really not become nobody in the sense that you happen to be a nobody that everybody knows is a nobody you know what i mean don't become a famous nobody become a nobody yeah sink back into the background what what about that can you do that can you sink back into the background it's it's more than that though and the best example i have is my example with meeting ramdas the first time because in that moment physical encounter there was nobody but me in that room. Mm. He wasn't in that room, the Ramdasness. He had the ability at that time to just, I mean, now it's even, he would do it from time to time with people. He may ne not necessarily have been doing it all the time. It took him to where he is now, where he is all the time in that place of not being Ramdasness. There's no somebody. And it, in the embracing of me in that moment, I got full on trust, full on trust that set me up for the rest of my life. Can I be honest with you about something? That's Dude. one of the most frustrating things about Ramdas to me. I want him, like when I'm around him, he is truly like what you're saying. And it's one of the most remarkable things ever to witness a person who has pulled this, I don't wanna call it pulling it off because it makes it seem trite or something. It's not <laughs> like he did a jump rope trick. But simultaneously, my ego I gets really squirmy around it. And uh, in the sense that when you're around someone, you know who else is like that? What's his friend? He wears the Kanga hats. He lives in India. Who's friend? Ramdas's friend. Your friend. Oh, KK. 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 Yeah. Similar. Yeah. Similar nobodiness. Yeah. And what's really fun when you get around that is if you're somebody and like me, all fucking wanting to like blow trumpets all day and have bubble machines and fog machines, laser <laughs> lights, mugs. I want the whole fucking thing. <laughs> and you get around that emptiness that isn't giving you what you want. Mm. It's like my baby. Yeah, right. I want him Same to thing. fucking smile, man. Give me <laughs> one flash, please. Just one pure, beautiful ray. Oh, I love what you said to your baby. You know what, Forrest? You better love me. Because if you don't love me, yes. I'm not going to love you back. Now, you get that, yes, Forrest? Yes, yes. <laughs> I love that. that but so to, again, I just want to say, I think that in our minds, we build up people like Rambas to be walking human rainbows. We expect them to blow rainbow light out of them to be these kinds of like things that we picture it. And when you encounter that kind of emptiness, you can only see your own, like the fish on the, on la, the la, 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 la. Yeah, yeah, that. Yeah. And that can be a very, very like, I know, and that's all great, situation. you know, but the reality, the reality for us, I mean, Ramdas is definitely in a very advanced state. There's no, no doubt about that. The reality for us littler chickens here is that when you make that turn, 
the courageous turn to face whatever. <clears throat> and in my moment with this guy, I did by the end of the conversation, I made the turn and obviously I had calmed down. And I just, as I made that turn and was a bit kinder in my tone, in my speech and everything, because I was unkind, he got receptive as well. He got kinder. So what, when you stop, you stop you, that's the becoming nobody. You yeah. stop the uh, you, 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 you know, you yeah. know John Lee Hooker, you, 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 <laughs> you know that song. Oh God, you stop that and the whole world changes. And it's, it's, uh, you know. Um, that's right, by the way, that thing you're saying there, because the idea is that, that Krishnamurti thing I really liked, which is that theoretically, if you're carrying the disorder around, the moment you're not you anymore, you see a world where there's no disorder. Yeah, right. And, and it's back to that, yeah. And yeah. to me, that's a pretty wild thing because most of us live in a world defined by order and, and yeah. disorder. Yeah. And maybe that's that world that you're not supposed to talk about where karma and grace are the same thing. And maybe that's... Not that supposed to. It's not understandable through rational mind. That's all. It's not that we can't talk about... Maharaji said that because... He he's living that. He's living non-duality. I mean, that's why they call beings like him siddhas, because they're actually living in non-duality, but still maintain a body by the love of their they have for their devotees. Then they all have certain soul pods that Ramdas, you know, yeah. each one of these beings, and they do, you know, we're all little look at us. We're all little puppies. They're puppets. They're Puppies okay. are puppets. Puppet. We're puppy puppets, you know. That's a lot. creepy yeah. situation. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to be a fleet of puppet puppets. Yeah, you're, you're the puppiest of puppets that I ever here. saw. You I, are. Uh, I'm I mean, one thing. I've merged with the universe <laughs> and I've become all things. Right Can you tell? Can you see how? Don't you see how I've become nothing? <laughs> don't scare me now. I'm when you open kidding. those eyes and they're coals that are. Um, hey, so uh, how about this? Glorify okay. my nothingness. <laughs> Glorify, bow down to my nothingness. <laughs> yeah, that's a, yeah. We'll do a video on that soon. Um, how I'm about... really the best at being nothing. <laughs> no one's better than me at being nothing. I've won the the most nothingness based being award. For I want to do a meditation now. Okay. Okay because uh, we're at the end of our festivities here. Okay. And uh, uh, I have gotten a transcription of a guru meditation from Ramdas. Okay. Since we're talking about him, from my son Noah. And you ready? Yep. Okay. Now, oh, one of the things lately, by the way, we've been discussing with our brethren, uh, teachers like Jack Cornfield and Sharon Salzberg and Joseph Goldstein, there has, they've raised the idea of, don't worry so much about meditating a half hour, an hour, 40 minutes, 20, whatever. Start doing mini-dose meditations. A couple of minutes here, a couple of, you just like step out, un, unhook, from your mind for a you moment. You mean like microdosing acid? It's like microdosing acid. Same thing. 
except you just purposefully, with intention, right. step out unglued from the mind. So this is one of those kind of meditations. It's going to be very brief, okay? Okay. With your eyes closed. Because I only have two minutes. Two minutes. I'm just, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I know, you're busy. No, I'm not. Okay, I was a bad joke. I'm making bad jokes all, right, all day yes. right now. Um, don't worry, we'll edit them out. Don't. Uh, with your eyes closed, okay? Start to experience this body of light of compassion, of love, of consciousness, growing in size. Just feel yourself expanding into the center of your being. And just feel simple caring and kindness. Start to experience more and more of the universe as within you. Everything you can think of, say, I am that too, tat tvam asi. I am that too, everything you can think of, I am that too. And when you've moved out in space, in all directions, until there is no space you can conceive of that you aren't, now move in time, backwards. Everything you can think about in history, tatvam asi, I am that too. Now, future. All possibilities you could imagine, bring them all within yourself. Bathe all of the future and all of the past and all of the present and all of there and all of here with self-illuminating radiance, with compassion. See within yourself all the polarities, all the goods, all the evils, all the beauties and all the uglinesses, all the yin and all the yang. And now, of course, you include me and I include you. So in this place, there is only one of us. And this voice and this air is part of what we are. And within us, all the laws of the universe are reflected in all of the forms. And if I am it all, then the word I has no more meaning because there is no not I. And so there is no I. Here and now, there is only isness, just being, just being. That that's kind of a a nice uh, overview. That meditation is everything we were talking about. Where we want to get to, just be. I like the part about the gentleness. That's cool. The kindness. The this. Yeah. The compat. Yeah. I like plugging into that place. Yeah. But yeah, but I am that. 
You're, we are everything, and it's okay. We have it all. You think it's weird? I don't like guided meditations. Is something wrong with me? Yeah. All no, right, guys. I don't know. What do you mean you don't like them? I thought, oh, my God. I thought, I'm thinking while I'm reading this, and I'm, I'm being in it, and I'm feeling every note of it. And I'm thinking, wow, Duncan is, seems so absorbed. Isn't it wonderful? And now you're telling me if, it was a piece of shit. I didn't say that. Oh. But I do like it. I just like, I always like, I end up thinking, I get stuck. Cause like in a guided meditation, you, they'll say a thing like, you expand into everything. Yeah. And somewhere in there, I'm like, what the fuck is that? How do I do that? And then, and then, and then it's like, well, am I? You need special instructions, okay? So expand. <laughs> <laughs> It's like Braille. You're going to need some help, okay? <laughs> Expand into, it's just like letting go. It's like letting go of this, of mind, you know, of you doing in this thing going, what the fuck are they talking about? It's too advanced. I'm telling you, and I don't mean that in a humble way. It's some, That's some really advanced. That's what y'all do anyway. You all forget. Like some of us are truly like preschool well like literally like i'm i'm just enjoying just sitting still and like all that. right next time we'll do a meditation where there's no guidance but it's not very good on a podcast it's unfortunate but we'll have to figure there's gonna out. be a guided meditation in front of this one that i that i will do you will yeah okay. right. yeah it'll be a good one they already heard it yeah. you turn into a giant vegetative plant and like you turn into this sentient sap oozing out of it but it's a different style than what you're doing but i do love guided meditations i mean it's a big thing right now with that those apps and stuff yeah no it can really help uh, especially actually um i mean these are you know what he said had so much in it that's more than a meditation it's something to absorb this right? is my so, prop my my pro i'm sorry y'all that was a great guided meditation my mind is so messed <laughs> up that as you're talking about expanding into everything i'm like i gotta expand my house or my wife's gonna kill yeah right me. okay <laughs> i'm All sorry right, I, gotta, I, I can't expand I mean, there i understand that and um since i'm going with you i don't want that to happen she'll so kill both this is yeah she'll kill us both okay Thank you very much, Mr. Trussell, Thank for joining you, me here. And uh, Thank you for letting... Listen, I don't mean... Sometimes I think I come across as like edgelording, as it's called. In other words, like, I'm going to say something blasphemous and edgy to be fancy. Oh. I don't mean to be... I'm so lucky to be friends with you. And all of no, this... I've, t I've, you know, I've really taken to heart this thing about the guided meditation. I'll never do no, it again, okay? I just okay? don't I want feel the people so... listening to your podcast to think I'm being an ass. It's not that at all. <laughs> I, I really am... Like, uh, you're, when I am meditating and I do get lucky enough to get to the point afterwards where, you know, you're expressing gratitude to the universe or trying to, like, put any intention... Expanding into I think space. of you all the time. I, I think yeah. how lucky I am to have you as one of my teachers in the world. Yeah, yeah. No, well, I'm lucky you to have you as a friend. Way. And, you know, everybody out there listening and, you know, how much joshing we do and all of that. But the reality is uh, the th what's developed between us, not just the work and the friendship and the love that is a current through it all yeah. is really wonderful. So that's how I feel. That's it. All right. Cool. See you later, folks. Bye. <laughs>